Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. Welcome to this very special episode of Tone Deaf. As you can hear, we are at Latte's Destruction Corner, live on location. Latte is shredding a box that contained components for a device that we are now speaking into. Yes, Latte is eating the box that was from the Rode NT-USB microphone. Uh-oh, she has noticed. The dog is now silent. She appears to be licking herself. I believe that we can start our actual episode now. <laughs> Welcome to Tone Deaf. <laughs> so I was intently listening to the sound of her cleaning herself like, is she done? Will she go back to the box? I don't know. So yeah, listeners, uh, be warned. Our third co-host has received a box. I had the very bright idea of giving her a box right before we started to record <laughs> for whatever reason. And then she starts to shred it and we're like, oh, well, okay then. Yep. So uh, I don't know what I thought would happen. The shredding noises will be her. So welcome to Tone Deaf. A theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd. And I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged. So thank you all so much for all of your downloads and your listening and your sharing and your subscribing. We love you guys so much. This is just, it's a nice little treat before we take a break for January. Uh, we still have one more episode after this, but then we're going to be taking a break because I decided to bite off more than I can chew. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> well, you know, we've, we've put out a lot of content. I think uh, I think we deserve a break. We, we, we deserve definitely break. deserve a break. <laughs> um, so if uh, you want to share us um, with friends... Yes. In reality, we'll, like, we'll take a break. In reality, we're not taking a break. No. We're just not posting anything. We're still doing work. People we're... will have a break from us. That's that's a more <laughs> accurate way of putting it. Unless you're, you're interacting with us on social media, in which case you won't have a break. You won't have a break, because every so often I'll be coming into social media going, ah, why did I do this to myself? And I just poke her going, it's your fault. You did it to yourself. Yep. Because so, I'm a supportive husband like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so thank you guys so much. Um, thank you for uh, reviewing and following us on Podchaser. That's a really awesome platform that we're on. Uh, that is, uh, It's one of my favorite ones to go to now, and I really wish that they had it available to us at work because you can review individual episodes and stuff, which is way awesome. And Ruckland is... Uh, probably our top reviewer with <laughs> a lot of episodes he has reviewed, and they are wonderful masterpieces, and Ruckland they is always a, make my day. Yeah, Ruckland is a boss, man. Yeah. So, uh, with, with everything out of the way, are you ready for our second-to-last show of the year? 
Yes, because I'm actually very intrigued by the concept of this. Yes. So we are going to be covering Meshuggah Nutcracker. Now I have to ask, in all of your research, do you know what the word Meshuggah means? You'd think that I would have looked that up. Because I, I don't know if it's a real name, a real thing or not. Instead of, instead of doing a deep dive on what Meshuggah means, I tried to do as much of a deep dive on Meshuggah Nutcracker. Hint, there's not much about it. So, um, as well as... Let's uh, have some good radio here. Okay, Google. <laughs> what does Meshuggah mean? Oh, it picked up your laughter. Okay, Google. What does Meshuggah mean? Balls. <laughs> Adjective. Meshuggah. Senseless. Crazy. Meshuggah. Meshugghi. Meshugganeh. Meshugganeher. Yiddish. A dialect of High German, including some Hebrew and other words. Spoken in Europe as a vernacular by many Jews. Written in the Hebrew script. So, senseless, crazy. That actually makes sense with what I uh, senseless, was able to find with this. So it is a Hanukkah musical. It was written by, Sh by Scott, Shannon, and Stephen Guggenheim. It was first performed in, the, in 2003 at the Bay Area. Uh, and this is from the official website for Meshuggah Nutcracker, one of like the two sources that I can find for this <laughs> show. Um, that weren't just the same thing over and over again. The Meshuggah Nutcracker is a full-length musical comedy that features the wonderfully silly sensibilities of the folklore of Helm, the fictional town of fools, underscored by an invigorating clem klezmerized orchestration of Tchaikovsky's Nutcracker Suite, now with, the, with original lyrics that celebrate Hanukkah. Judah Maccabee's triumphant saga, and the accounts of perseverance during the Holocaust, as well as the celebration of the first Hanukkah in the new state of Israel, emerge with a genuine sense of wonder as the Chelmnix, I'm trying to pronounce things correctly, and so I've got things written out <laughs> phonetically, <laughs> um, tell eight stories that pay tribute to the holiday. Add in dancing dreidels, singing Sofenyot, and Ersofkenyot. Sofkenyot. Sofkenyot. It's a dessert. Like a pastry. Sounds soft. Um, uh, and, a, and surprise guest stars, and you have the perfect recipe for a holiday gathering. Some might call it crazy. We call it the Meshuggah Nutcracker. Which means crazy nutcracker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, a lot of references that I have regarding the show itself are either from the official site or the review by Kevin Kirby at Metroactive. Without going into too many specifics on the show, since I want you to go in with as few spoilers as possible, um, I'll just reiterate, this takes place in the fictional town of Helm. Uh, the townsfolk are doing an annual Hanukkah pageant, and the director goes missing. It's also an edutainment show, as Kirby says in the article. Edutainment, I love that. <laughs> Uh, it, this educational component is mostly successful. However, two key components. <laughs> it's mostly successful. For every one thing you learn, you forget something else. <laughs> uh, first, the Helmick's uh, micro-reenactment of the entire eight-year Maccabean revolt. And the, 
and second, a sequence explaining the show's Yiddish vocabulary occur late in the second act, but provide information and context that would have been useful much earlier. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, hmm. Pro tip, there's a glossary in the back of the program. If words like Shamash and Megillah don't ask, because I didn't look <laughs> that one up either, I did look up Shamash. Oh my god, uh, you just have some of the best words. Like, they just they sound so great. Yeah, are Greek to you. Uh, you might peruse this before the show begins. So, that's about all the, <laughs> the show itself. So, how much do you know about Hanukkah? Very, very, very little. I joked with you that I that I called it Jewish Christmas, which, which it is decidedly and, not. And it was, it was. I know, I know that it's not Jewish Christmas, but growing up relatively Christian or Christian adjacent, mm-hmm. uh, not knowing any Jewish people growing up, I never had anybody to explain to me what Hanukkah was. Mm-hmm. So I guess the the short form of it is something happened in the past. And they had a shortage of oil, and it was a miracle that the oil lasted eight days when mm-hmm. it should have only lasted, like, one day. And so they light a menorah, which is the fancy candle mm-hmm. holder. And I I don't know if they... I, okay, I think they light a candle for each day. And I, I don't... This is where it's going to get, like, really murky. I'm like, <laughs> I know there's gifts involved on some days. I know that there's special food, you know, mm-hmm. that they eat, and, and but that's, like, very murky territory. That's, you know what, though? That's actually more than I thought you knew. <laughs> <laughs> I love when I can surprise my wife. So, um, a lot of this that I got, I pulled from Chabad.com. Chabad. Uh, for this quick rundown, um, because... I had very few Jewish friends growing up, just because Utah, but... um, I told you about the one black kid that I knew when I was in elementary school. Yeah, and so, and only one of them actually celebrated Hanukkah, and and was actually, like, uh, religious. The others weren't. Um, So... And of course, it was so far back in my childhood that uh-huh. I do not remember anything. <laughs> Given how often you do deep dives on stuff, I'm surprised that you that you just off the top of your head don't know a bunch of stuff about Hanukkah. Not to like put you on the spot no. and be like, why don't you know, Kay? Because there's so many other things that are <laughs> warring in my head. I mean, I started my other deep dive at about the same time, and so... Every so often as I'm writing things, things from History of Black Theater will peer in and I'm like, no, not yet. Go back. Stay back in the other part of the brain matter. <laughs> You're not needed yet. <laughs> Wait your turn. <laughs> You'll never hear me say that about black theater any other time. <laughs> I, was, I was like, do I make the joke or do I not? And then you made the but joke. But when I need to use my knowledge for something else. Anyway, so... Um, on the Hebrew calendar, it always starts on the 25th of Kislev, which is the month that would correspond to December, November on the solar calendar, and it lasts for eight days. I do know that um, Hebrews have a completely different calendar from yeah. us. Like, I, I think for them it's like 
like on by their counts like the year six thousand and something versus the yeah, and it it goes by calendar. the lunar cycle instead of a solar cycle, meaning it's more accurate. It's a it's lunar kind of like the Chinese calendar, mm-hmm. Chinese, uh, the Islamic calendar. Yeah, most calendars follow the lunar cycle yeah. versus the solar cycle. Yeah, the smart calendars. Yeah. I just I don't know. Once I found once I realized the difference thanks to Drunk Dish Pod. <laughs> Shout out to Drunk Dish Pod. Um, I was like, dang it. <laughs> this this makes a lot more sense to my brain. It's the kind of thing, it's like when you learn about the metric system for the first time and you're like, wait, everything is divisible by 10 and 100? That mm-hmm. makes Why a lot more... Why are we not doing that here? Yeah, same kind of thing. <laughs> same thing. So um, this year, Hanukkah runs from December 22nd to December 30th. Uh, and again, that's because we go on the solar calendar. Um, but yeah. So that's for this year. Uh, Hanukkah celebrates both the triumph of the Maccabees, a small Jewish army, over the much larger Greek army that had been occupying their land, as well as the supply of oil that burned for eight days, which is the amount of time it takes to purify oil. They only had enough for one day. But, and the menorah that they lit, it was in their temple. The, and it was one of the only things that wasn't completely desecrated by the Greek armies that came in and, like, were sacrificing in their temple to their gods, and that's a big no. <laughs> and um, they... Well, I'll, I'll get into that in the history bit in a sec. Um, but... Uh, the candles are lit each night, as you had thought. Uh, the first night, you light the first light and then the shamash, which is the attendant candle. And then the next night, you light two you light two lights and the shamash and so on until you have all eight nights. So the attendant candle, is that the middle one? Like, where? Yes, that is the middle candle. Okay. I'm trying to remember what I saw. Yes. Shoot. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um... So, you also will have a lot of foods that are fried in oil, which is, again, mm. the miracle of the oil. Um, this is where you get your latkes with Ashkenazi Jew- Jewish people or uh, your Eastern, other Eastern European Jewish people. Um, or you get sofkinyots uh, is another one of them. Uh, dairy is also consumed during this holiday, which commemorates another hero, uh, Yehudit, or Judith, who assassinated a Greek general, uh, the general Holofern, by getting him drunk on wine and cheese and then beheading him with his own sword. Damn! That chick is hardcore! And I, I read the whole story, and I was... Because I... That was one that, as I'm reading it, I'm going, oh, I remember this, but I didn't have a context for what I remembered with it, and I'm going, wow, this is... Do you know if No she... one tells us this. Do you know if she escaped or if she was She killed? did. Okay. She escaped so, with his head. Nice, okay. And so brought it, it, it back to her generals and was like, here you go, wow. he's dead. Holy crap, that's hardcore. I was, because ex- I wasn't sure if it'd be a case of like, she succeeded in killing mm-hmm. him, but then was killed by his Yeah, no, like... she, she utters the, she says a prayer basically saying, give me the strength to do this, and then just whack. Damn. And, yeah, and... and basically liberates this city from the Greek general that had been 
controlling it. And That's hardcore. Yep. And so that's why dairy is consumed, uh, because she had made him goat cheese that was really rich. And so then she gave him unfiltered wine that she had made. And so he was just getting drunker and drunker and then just, just falls asleep. And yeah. Uh, then kids will receive uh, gifts, uh, usually the monetary gifts, and they also will play the dreidel games, um, which is that little top. It's, little, it's the little rectangle, square top. Yeah, and, and the, I used to know how to play it. The first time I... God damn. I hate this memory. The first time I ever saw what a dreidel was or saw anything to do with the dreidel was from South Park episode. Oh, I'm so sorry. Dreidel, dreidel, so... dreidel, I made you out of clay. And when you're dry and ready with dreidel, when, I shall play. When I was five, we did a holiday pageant. And this was like the first time that I, A, realized that Christmas was a Christian holiday. And B, realized that Hanukkah was a thing. Because I just, my even though my grandparents were Catholic and my mom was Catholic, they tried everything to make me not Catholic. <laughs> well, not make me not Catholic, but they sort of shielded me from They were like this, this being forced into a religion at like, all. This young girl is sensitive enough. If she has the Catholic guilt, she won't survive. Exactly. And so it was really cool because they had the one Jewish kid that was in our uh, kindergarten. He did a presentation on the dreidel and it was so cool and it was one of those like oh this is neat and i think I, i'm trying to remember if we made little dreidels out of like cardboard and stuff because i know a good day i know that the dreidel has different uh yeah symbols on each side or I mean, they're probably not symbols they're words but they're I, words yeah. yeah um and i assume that you spin it and then when it stops whatever side is facing up is probably yeah important <laughs> yeah i think that they'll go into that with this show because this show again is educational plus entertaining uh they'll go into it in the second act <laughs> apparently um and then according to chabad.com it's also customary to give increasing donations each day to charity oh that's cool yeah that's way awesome um God. man because like yeah uh i like that i like that mm -hmm. it's more charity i mean christmas is supposed to be that way but a lot of people don't do it and some people are really good with it and then mm -hmm. yeah others not so much but yeah i mean when that was the one good thing about the lutheran school that i went to was that we always did like food drives and mm -hmm. stuff and actually went to the food bank to help sort and stuff which that was awesome and i mean this is elementary school that they were having us do that so but uh let's see so the article that I got um, talking about the meaning of Hanukkah came from Yehuda Sherpin on Chabad.com. Hanukkah can mean inauguration, basically, in, and in terms of uh, the holiday, it celebrates the temple in Jerusalem when it was rededicated after the Maccabees defeated the Greeks and drove them from Judea. The temple and the altar had been defiled, so they buried the stones of the old altar and built a new one and rededicated it. Um, it may also reference a conjugation that would be Hanu Ka, which would be they rested and 25. So they rested on the 25th day of Kislev. Mm, okay. And that's the day that 
the Maccabees rested after defeating the Greeks. So it's all it's all around this revolt, basically, is what I'm bringing in with that. Decidedly not the same thing as Christmas. <laughs> you want to know how dumb your husband is? What? When you were sounding it out, when you were saying Hanukkah, uh, your husband imagined, imagined a uh, Yiddish Goku. Hanukkah. I mean, that that would be one way to drive out the Greeks, you know. <sighs> Judah Maccabees did not do a Kamehameha. <laughs> I'm just saying it would have been cool if they did. Like, I mean, if you want to convert me, if you can shoot laser beams from your hand, I will. I will totally. Believe. Oh my God. <laughs> So, it can also be an acronym uh, that can mean a couple of things. can either be the Hasmoneans prevailed and killed all the enemies, or it's an acronym that's based on a disagreement regarding the candles and how they should be lit. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So, the Beit Shammai, which was one of the schools of learning, uh, said that the candles are all lit on the first night, and then you take away a candle each night. Hmm. And then Beit Hillel said, no, you start with one, and then light a candle each night. And this is what's accepted now. So the acronym for that would have been eight candles, and the halach- halacha uh, is according to Beit Hillel. Uh, is a halaha like a, a Jewish hollerback? Ain't no halaha girl. Ain't no halaha girl. Oh Lord! I can no. hear. I can I can hear the divorce papers being written up in your mind. No, no, God. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. Let's get through the rest of my little. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So the article on the meaning of Hanukkah closes out with this. Some point out that Hanukkah is related to the word chinuk, meaning education. Uh, the Greeks issued decrees against Jewish education and forbade circumcision, circumcision, which is the mitzvah that begins in Jewish boys' education. On Hanukkah, we celebrate our freedom to provide our, Jew- our children with a proper Jewish education. Including cutting off the tip of your penis. Not the tip, well, not the tip of your not penis. Not the tip. But the, the, yeah. The, 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 the foreskin. The, the foreskin. That's a different Thank part you. of the penis. Thank you. Well, you toss sex ed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can see the perspective of the Greeks, though, being like, stop cutting off part of your dick. Stop it. Like, but God wants us to. Well, and the that's the other thing, though, is that that's... The, the Jewish people weren't the only ones doing that. They weren't? They did that in Africa, too. I did not know that. I knew it was, un- not, I guess, not uniquely Jewish, but the only culture that I knew that... Yeah, no, there's, did not know there have been circumcisions and other... Uh, in di- there are also amazing things that other cultures will do with a penis that are... They're... Uh, Crack.com has had some horrifying articles that make me go, I've never been so glad that I don't have one of those. What is it with mutilating genitals? Just to, I just, just no. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna start on the circumcision debate. <laughs> We're not having kids, so it's not a worry. It's <laughs> uh, fair. It's not a worry at all, <laughs> unless they decide to do something in America to all women. Then, then it will be a worry. <laughs> so, okay, fair enough. And of course, your 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 idiot husband is just having. It's stream of consciousness. Oh, a squirrel. Oh, squirrel. Oh, squirrel. oh God. So. So that was the uh, very quick, uh, uneducated Gentiles rundown of Hanukkah for you. I know. As no. I kept trying to and kept fucking up names and words that I had you tried to practice. You did better than I would have. Yeah. So. So, are you prepared then for something that will definitely be better than the original Nutcracker? I, I hate... I'm so tired of the regular Oh nutcracker. my gosh, oh my gosh. So, when I was a kid, there was a VHS of a Nutcracker production, and I legit had fucking nightmares for years about the Rat King yeah. from it. He just scared the fuck out of me <laughs> well that's the things like i remember being a kid and you know december when it, as it got closer to christmas that's when you know when you're doing school parties or whatever or you're having free time like they want to make fun stuff as well as like showing on tv so i saw the nutcracker so much as a kid mm -hmm. that i hated it for a long time i still am not fond of it and so when you said that we're doing the mashuga nutcracker i was mm -hmm. like hey something that is different like yes i am so excited to see something different <laughs> yeah no i i hear you i'm just like this will be so much better because i i like tchaikovsky and i like the music from the nutcracker but it's really hard for me to separate most of it from the ballet unless i think of fantasia <laughs> that's oh yeah okay yeah. That's the only other time that I can be like, okay, Nutcracker's fine, but that's fair. So this this will hopefully replace the Nutcracker in my mind. But yeah, it was it was really fun looking more into Hanukkah and stuff because I wish that they would talk about it more in schools and tell you more about it, and, and maybe they do in public school. I don't know because I didn't go to public school until I was a teenager so by that time they're not really teaching you about different holidays and stuff because they no no okay so yeah i i'm kind of excited too because this was just a brief rundown of hanukkah and stuff and i'm excited to know more and the stories have me excited so yay yay so are you ready I am sugar ready. All right, let's go watch Meshuggah Nutcracker.
Hi folks, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our Patreon sponsors. Thank you to our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci and Reagan. Thank you so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. And now, let's hear from our friend David S. Deere at A Ninth World Journal. This is A Ninth World Journal. A careless experiment with a teleportation device has left me stranded in random places throughout the Ninth World. While trying to survive in these strange lands, I must find a way to reverse my condition. A Ninth World Journal is a science fantasy audio drama podcast. Subscribe to listen or visit ninthworldjournal.com. And now the lights are going down and the music is starting back up. So let's hop into the second act of the show. Okay, babe, so, uh, what'd you think of that one? Uh, the title was accurate. Yep. The title was accurate, <laughs> yep. since we looked up what Meshuggah means, that it's, uh, crazy and, uh, yeah. nonsensical. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it was to the music of Nutcracker, so mm-hmm. this is one of those musicals where I'm like, spot on, you guys, <laughs> nailed it with the title. But remember when I joked about uh, South Park being the first thing that ever taught me about Hanukkah? Well, this show opens up with what looks like a child's picture book, and we're given colorful front-loaded credits. I just started laughing because it looked like comparable quality to something you would see in South Park, and so I just started laughing my it ass off like right the away. Pilot episode of South Park. It did, where it's like paper cutouts and stuff. It was. It was pretty entertaining um (laughs) the opening number has the cast talking about how as jews they can't get away from christmas which is why they go out for chinese and to the movies regaling the audience with how of how cool hanukkah is to the tune of dance of the sugar plum fairies so there after each note i'm going to look at you if you have anything you want to say about whatever (laughs) the fuck happened in that scene Please feel free. Kay picked up so much more. Kay picked up so much more than I did because there were so many Hebrew puns in this show that they anything that they could use, like, wow. Like, so many puns. The other thing is that this show is so bright and colorful. Mm Mm-hmm. So bright and colorful and so fast and so... Incredibly fast. So bizarre. My, my notes are massively incomplete. <laughs> there are things that my brain is like going, wait, was it here that this happened? Or was it here that the... Wait, no, what, where? <laughs> I can hear Latte with her shreddy box again. Yep. So, <laughs> the mayor tries to welcome everyone to the production, but is constantly interrupted by the colorful, cartoonish cast who makes lots of Yiddish puns related to other shows, but with a uh, Hebrew flair. Oi! My favorite was Sabbath Express. <laughs> so lots of things like that. Way more than I even registered, because I'm trying to type, and Kay is just giggling 
and laughing her tits off. Like, just... Kay got so much more out of this show than I did because Kay is smarter than I am and Kay caught all of the more nuanced references and I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck did they say? (laughs) This is one of those shows, this is one of those shows where we had subtitles and they did me no good. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Subtitles will not help you. Unless you speak Yiddish. Like... There are parts that Warren is giving me more credit than he should. (laughs) Maybe I'm mistaking your laughter and knee slapping for understanding rather than just being like, what the hell was that? (laughs) I I turned my phone sideways and it refreshed and screwed up where I was in my note. Oh my god, they had a, oh gosh, what was it? They had a Sweeney Todd one. Yeah. With the horrible, horrible sound that played every time that the barber's chair got oh god yeah that that whistle that horrible whistle it's like a steam whistle right yeah and they had that steam whistle play a lot longer than it ever did in sweeney todd Uh, yeah they they let it drag a little bit longer it was enough to make me go okay stop they were just trying to (laughs) to drive the point home i guess yes on a side note, the cast is reminiscent of the Yiddish version of Clue. Like, oh my god, right? they are! We had Professor Plum, Mrs. Scarlet, Colonel Mustard, they're all here, but with but Jewish and not killing anyone. But they, but they are telling a tale of murder. I guess it's more self-defense than murder. Yeah, anyway, it's self-defense. But like everybody was color-coded. Like the only time that colors overlapped is that there was a blue woman and a blue guy. Yes. And the blue woman was, so it was like, the mayor was red, his wife was like a sapphire blue, Mm -hmm. and then there was a pink lady who played like the youngest girl in Mm -hmm. all the skits, there was a woman in green who was more of like the motherly character, then there was uh, a woman in orange who Mm -hmm. just kind of played other female characters, and then we had the older man who was Colonel Mustard. (laughs) <laughs> Professor Plum was like your was the rabbi. Yeah, was the rabbi, but he was also played like I mean his his stuff ranged from being a little boy to being just an, a man. Yeah, and then we had uh, little boy Blue who had a freaking yamaka with a whirly mm-hmm. thing on top. So he was like the little like him him and the pink girl were always like the children in whatever yes. silly children thing they were doing. Did I miss a character? I feel like I'm missing somebody. I feel like I'm missing a guy. Um, maybe. Anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's see. Blue. So with the women. Blue, pink, orange, green. With the men. Blue, red. Mustard. Mustard. Purple. Purple. That's, that's the right amount. Because okay. the ninth person we find later. Okay, gotcha. So that's all eight. So, okay, those, yeah, so this is a cast where there's uh, more women than men. Yes. Which I don't think I, I registered. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters. But anyway. Ah, uh, the first story that they tell is the origins of the town of Helm. In short, <laughs> God gave two angels a bag of souls each and told them to distribute them evenly across the world. But the angels were clumsy and dropped a bag, which means that Helm is full of wise souls, but they're also fools. I'm having a hard time following that part a bit. So what it was is that he it was that God hands out um a bag to all the angels like hey here's a uh kind person here's a 
mean person. Here's a bag of... Oh, so each bag yeah, was each a specific bag was type a diff- of soul. Was a specific type okay. of soul, and they had to be I, distributed evenly. And I then missed the, that. So the one angel had the bag that was specifically fools, fools, and the other angel had the bag that was specifically wise people. And they talk about one of these two was clumsy and dropped the bag. Now a lot of people would say that it was the angel that had the bag of fools, but we here in Helm know that it's the bag of wise people. Yep, and so they're always and talking about how wise they are. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you for clearing that up because mm-hmm. it, Which I like that origin. <laughs> they they were so freaking fast on so much stuff, mm-hmm. like I only had to have you pause it once. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you were funny too because you were you were like they are going really fast. <laughs> so you almost had that that tone in your voice it, of like, I'm surprised you haven't asked me to pause more. Yeah, it was it was one of those like this was kind of akin to an acid trip. Oh my! This oh okay. this was I have, a, a I delightful have a, acid trip. I have a joke about that later. <laughs> Excellent. But this was. <laughs> Like this, sh- this show was an experience. It really was. Everyone uh, should experience it's it. On, too. It's on Amazon Prime. So yes. If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it. It is entertaining. It is definitely, absolutely worth a watch, especially if you're like me and you knew next to nothing about Hanukkah mm. because they do give you quite a good uh, dosage of Jewish culture mm-hmm. to help you, you know, understand it. Um, you know, because, of course, being raised where I was, you know, like I said, I didn't know a single Jewish person, so I didn't know really yeah. anything about it. Uh, okay. Oi! We waltz through the flowers onto the next story. <laughs> which is funny, because they're singing to the tune of Waltz of the Flowers, and I only know that because Kay told me that's what the name of the song was. Wait! They're all in pink ballet skirts and have candle hats. They like to sing about the importance of Hanukkah and how the candle brings light and... Hebrew. Lots and lots of Hebrew is being spoken. Also, Yonkel. Where is Yonkel? They say that in the beginning. They're like, where is Yonkel? Yonkel should be here. Yeah. Yonkel was supposed to be... He was their the, director and... Their prop guy, too. Yeah. Because they say, I guess Yonkel is the prop guy, and they were complaining about how about his work ethic and how he has very contrived methods of prop delivery. Yes. It was all about... Well, he was trying to carry the props one by one, so we got him a wheelbarrow, but he couldn't load them in the wheelbarrow, so he decided to take them all to the shed, and then he could load them into the wheelbarrow to bring them to the theater. So it was just lots of very contrived, foolish notions, Mm -hmm. hence the town full of fools. Yep. The cast dismisses... uh, Oh, wait. uh, Oh, yeah, sorry. The cast disperses to get out of their tutus and candle hats. While the mayor's wife tells the next story, she tells about how before she was a grandmother, she was a little girl because time is a thing. (laughs) The former girl grandmother recalls her first Hanukkah memory and how the family was worried because their father was late coming home from his work. Mother tries to busy herself in the kitchen while they wait for their father, but uh, Mashuga Mother loses her mind and drags the children out into the cold. They go to town center and start to sing. Apparently, it was a way of helping their father find his way home through the snowstorm. Their group singing draws the rest of the town who join in because they have nothing better to do. The singing is successful, and the father is able to find his way through the storm and to the loving arms of his family, who escort him home to celebrate the first night of Hanukkah. This scene should have prepared us for the ones later. I, God, 
I just barely realized yeah. that when they do those little interludes, it's the same family the whole time yes. through. And this should have prepared oh, us. I just barely realized that now. And it didn't. And so when what happens later happens, it hits you like a Mack truck. It, it, it broadsides you because the way, because they're framing it as like, hey, we are in modern times per putting on this performance, but we're so into our characters that we are these people from long, long ago telling you stories, but we're also somehow in the 1940s. And also, like, it jumps, mm-hmm. temporally, it jumps around a lot. Like, yeah. From where they are. And it does some serious tonal shifts that I was not ready for. Nope. Because it goes from being wacky and silly to, like, fucking dark where it goes and when it goes there catches you off guard surprised the hell out of me catches me off guard because oh yeah but like Kay was saying this story of the the family waiting for their father to get home and stuff this is the beginning like i didn't realize it but it's Mm -hmm. day one of hanukkah uh in that particular bubble of of time and space. Yeah, and uh, the way that these are done is these are the skits that the people of Helm are putting on. Because the people of Helm are present day, but still the village of fools. And Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's confusing. It's very it's confusing. confusing. <laughs> but it's a good confusing. But the mayor comes back after his wife's story and is like, I can't find Yonkel. Yonkel is nowhere to be found. Then he hauls off and hits his wife in the face. Accidentally, of course. Isn't that... It's not that kind of story. I was going to no. joke and say this isn't a Lifetime story or something. What's, oh, the, what's the channel that always has, like, movies? Lifetime. Lifetime. Like, every movie is about a man who beats his wife or something like that. While or Unsolved Mysteries. Or Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. While they're asking if there is a doctor in the house, they find the next best thing, an upside-down Christmas tree. I mean, a menorah. What else could it be? Nine branches, nine candles. You'd have to be an idiot to think it's something else. So while they're in the... the like, they have a great line, like, uh, I think it's the woman in the green dress, and she's like, Is there a doctor in the house? And also, are you single? Yes. And uh, I can't... Like, they pass up this cloth christmas tree but they have it upside down and mm-hmm. they're like oh it's some weird looking menorah what else could it possibly be <laughs> i did think it was funny in the show how many good spirited pokes they do at christianity and not, yes. not i shouldn't say christianity but christmas mm-hmm. in general because you know them talking about like their <laughs> jews do not com- commercialize their holiday like christians do for christmas Mm-mm. and uh because I mean, yeah like yeah. I, I, it's one of those things that they're opening bit where they're talking about how they, you know, Christmas is just everywhere and the Chinese restaurant comment and stuff. I'm like, you know what? I identify with this 100%. <laughs> like, like in this song, they're like, this holiday lasts a month. Is a month this long. holiday is a month and a half long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah. Uh... <clears throat> After the menorah tree song, the mayor asks, Where did you get this menorah? Pink Flowerhead and Blue Yamaka Guy talk about how they wandered through a door right out of the Nightmare Before Christmas and found themselves in Christmas Town, where they robbed Santa for a special menorah. I mean, they said he gave it to them as a gift, but this shady cast of characters looks bloodthirsty to me. 
<laughs> so they have this bit where they're like, we walked out and found ourselves in the festival of lights. And there was a man sitting on a throne with long, with big red robes and a long beard. And he asked us what we want and, and something. And he, they, were, they were like, and he laughed. Oi, oi, oi. That's not how he laughed. But uh, yeah. And so they, they basically are like, hey, we got this Christmas tree menorah from Santa mm -hmm. Claus. Uh, Every run, everyone run, everyone runs off stage to hide the evidence of their crime, and Professor Plum mimes riding a bike to run on stage and tell a story of Judah, who leads his mighty army against Antiochus. Yep, Antiochus. Antiochus. Thank you. Professor Plum dances with his Judah doll, while the mayor forebodingly is like, is he a true hero, or is he just playing with his doll? We shall see. Mm -hmm. And he lists off some things. He's like, a true hero is is is, is a kind, no, is sensitive and resourceful and puts others above themselves. Mm -hmm. And he's like, is this boy, you know, uh, a true hero like Judah, or is he just playing at being a hero? Yeah. Uh, Professor Plum laments about not having enough money to buy his mother and father a Hanukkah present. He asks the mayor what should he do to get money. The mayor is like, you could sell your imaginary bike, but if you do it, it will make it harder for you to get to school and to work. Professor Plum is like, I need to put others above myself. Turns out, Plum is a true hero after all, putting others above himself. Plum tries to convince his elderly neighbors to buy his invisible bike, but they're like, we're old! We don't want your fucking bike! <laughs> Plum is like, hmm, a true hero doesn't take no for an answer. I know, I'll build an elaborate frame around my imaginary bike so the old fucks can ride it. Just like Judah would do. Plum sets out about making presents for his neighbors, and I guess it works because... So, so okay. It's not a frame around the bike. So, okay... <laughs> Okay, because all he he talks about like he he talks about constructing something that so, would be on his bike so that the old people could use it. What what he does is he takes apart his bike and he makes part of it into basically a walker for the old woman so that she can walk around easier, and then uh, the rest of it he uses to create a rail for their stairs so that they can actually leave the house and walk down the stairs and see this is why Kay is here because <laughs> she pays attention to things uh i like my version better though because i picture like this this shoddily put together cage around this bike with like a little passenger cart that the grandma can sit in while the get in grandma we're going on oh the ride. my gosh and I guess uh, it works because he, we see him give the invisible modified bike for old people to the old people, <laughs> then sing with the mayor about how now he is a true hero, just like Judah Maccabee. Now that Plum has his money from selling his only means of transportation, he goes and buys a fancy menorah for his parents, who give him a new bell for his bike. That he sold. Gift of the Magi. This is turning into a Gift of the Magi up in here. <laughs> yes. Never mind. Plum's parents apparently bought him a new bike to go along with his new bike bell. Looks like you lucked out on this one, Plum Boy. 
pink flower head lady and blue yamaka boy talk about how gift giving is different all over the world and blue gets the bright idea that if everyone gave gifts to everyone they'd all be rich <laughs> Kay had to remind me it's a city of fools and you did that multiple <laughs> times throughout the course of this which made me laugh city of fools babe city of fools oh uh i guess pink and blue are looking for a kosher hen for uh hanukkah dinner <laughs> so great. but then they decide they want chicken fat no wait now butter wait no now oil wait wait now they want water wait now they're getting water. It turns out that they screwed up their simple task of getting a kosher hen. Oy vey. And so, like, in this situation, I don't know. You probably can help me elaborate on it. Because it's like, first they're set out with a simple task. We've you've given two rubles. Go get us a kosher hen. Yes. And they're like, okay, we're going to go get a kosher hen. So they go to, like, the butcher or whatever mm -hmm. to get a kosher hen. And he's like, oh, well, I also have this chicken fat that it works, it's it's just as creamy and good as butter. And they're like, well, if it's just as good as butter, then we should get butter. And then it snowballs from there. They go to the person with butter, like, oh, my butter is, mm -hmm. is, is as good as oil. Oh, well, if it's as good as oil, then let's just go get oil. My oil is as clear as water. Well, if it's as clear as water, let's just get water. Water's free. Water's free. And then they go back and they're like, and the, and the woman's like, where's my chicken? Here's your water. <laughs> Now I have to go get a kosher hen. Yep. So, I don't know. I'm sure you picked up the nuances of the exchanges between how they went to go get a kosher hen. Yeah, and ended up with water. Because like, uh, the the first one is the butcher, and the butcher butcher mentions that the chicken is fat, and it's kind of like a game of telephone because he says it into her ear, and all that she hears is chicken fat, and she's like chicken fat is better than the chicken so let's go get chicken fat and then they go to get chicken fat and the guy whispers in her ear basically saying oh it's as creamy as butter and they're like well let's go get butter and so it's it's a game of telephone okay leading I just, to them getting I, I just thought they were stupid fucking kids and there was blood in the water uh, <laughs> but maybe i'm being too harsh i don't know this is why we don't have human children. <laughs> One uh, of many reasons. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I would maybe probably be nicer to my kids. Uh, okay, these people are beyond fools. They're fucking idiots. We were then... We, uh, we were then... Wow, I typed this up bad. We then watched Pink and Blue talk to Colonel Mustard, who talks about how his buttered bread landed butter side up. Because he is so lucky. But Pink was qu quick to point out, you buttered the wrong side of your bread. Oy vey! <laughs> this whole thing of like, anytime he, has, anytime he has buttered bread and he drops it, it always lands butter side down. But this time when he dropped his buttered bread, it landed butter side up. Because luck was on his side. And then she's like, oh, well, there's your problem. You buttered the wrong side of your bread. It still landed upside down, but you put butter on the wrong side, so it's right side up. Oh my gosh. I love this show. <laughs> it is fucking bonanza. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, shit. Shit got real. They're talking about Hanukkah during the rise of the Nazis and about car about trucks carting off Jews. Mm-hmm. And people can't be out after curfew and they can't have any lights lit. Holy fuck, this went from silly to Nazis. Yep. This is where... Kay and I were like, oh, God. So the first night of Hanukkah was the 
father's late getting home and it's a bad blizzard. Let's go sing to help him find his way. Mm-hmm. And then day two or three or whatever it was of Hanukkah is, hey, they're taking the neighbors and we can't have any lights on in the house. Mm-hmm. But we're going to light these. It's a, yeah. But the family is a bunch of rebels. They light a match and huddle around it, talking about Hanukkah and how light is everything. Light always, as he, light can always overcome the dark, especially when we share our light with one another. It is a really touching scene that I wish that I I kind of watched it more than I took notes on it mm-hmm. because the father is telling them like they can't have a menorah because the candles will be burning and the Nazis will see it and they'll come kick down the door and yeah. do bad Nazi stuff. Mm-hmm. But he instead has a match, and so they're all huddled around. He lights this match, and he talks about the importance of light, and and he says it's very important to them and their culture. And he gives a lot of uh, metaphor about, or just say analogy about the, the light being their own light, their own yeah. inner light, you could say their, their soul, um, and talking about how light shines the brightest when you share it with others. And so yeah. he would take that match and light another match and then light another match. And then mm-hmm. it was, it was, they were trying to bring hope to a very grim situation. Yeah. And it's no bueno. <sighs> oh, fuck. The family was rounded up and put on a train. Mm-hmm. The little girls are talking about how they don't understand why people are so scared and upset. This little girl just wants to make her family smile and sing, because it's Hanukkah after all. This little girl inspires the train, full of sad, scared people, to find the light within themselves and have hope. So, the next day, after they're at home, they get rounded up and mm-hmm. put on a train. And yep. the, then the, the, the it's from the perspective of the older sister who's like the my younger sister doesn't understand like she doesn't understand why father is so mm-hmm. scared and so upset because he's always so loving and so happy and yeah. she just wants him to be happy and it's fuck these scenes are really 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 heavy uh side note fuck nazis yes anyways back to something not nazi related for now the mayor says it's almost intermission, and they encourage the audience to go buy concessions, since all the proceeds go to funding the Something Something Society for Young Inventors. I did not remember what the name was. You probably didn't either, because it was a it long... It was very quick, yes. too. And they only say it once, but And it was... I was still processing what we had just seen. Yeah, yeah. Because there is, like, nothing to breathe in between that moment and <sighs> they shift gears quickly very quickly <laughs> so anyway they all the concessions uh raise money to go to the something something uh society for youth inventors who last year pioneered such amazing inventions as waterproof towels and glow-in-the-dark sunglasses maybe this year they'll research a self-fucking nazi go buy a jelly donut <laughs> I mean, it would save a lot of time and effort if Nazis would just fuck themselves. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. Back to food. Oh my god. <laughs> you can lay there until you, until you oh regain your composure, love. Oh god. 
Back to food, Blue Yamaka Boy says he can make potato latkes from crust from a crust of bread only. Everyone else ridicules him, saying, uh, there's way more than a crust of bread in locked latkes. I wish I say that word latkes. Yes. Like fucking potatoes, for one, since that is the chief <laughs> ingredient in latkes. Blue Boy insists that Hanukkah is a time for miracles. Everyone is like, are you sure you don't need, like, main ingredients in your latkes? Blue Boy is like, I mean, I like a simple batter, but some people like more flavors. Extra ingredients get added, but they insist that it is a miracle he made potato latkes, latkes out of a crust of bread and nothing else. Luckily, the fools are merciful and give us an intermission. So this, while the scene, like so many others, is just ridiculous, mm. it is kind of funny how like he's he's like, all I need is this crust of bread and a mixing bowl, and he's mixing it up, and they're like, mm. That doesn't look right. Like, you, are you sure you don't need this? You sure you don't need that? And it gets to the point where hes they're just adding in all the proper ingredients you need. Mm -hmm. And then the batter looks perfect. They're like, now we need oil to fry it in. And, da -da 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 -da. and they have their latkes. And they're like, hey, I can't believe that you did this with just a crust of bread. It, it's, it's one of those... Uh those moments that reminds me of like the Aesop fables with the crow or the fox being like, oh, well, I need this thing, but I don't want to go out and get the ingredients for this thing. So, hey, I'm going to do this with a rock. Well, no, you need this for it. You need this to make bread and you need this to make bread. And Everyone else brings it, and it's like, haha, thank you. Just being tricking every. I mean, mm. I would say he's not being clever and tricking everyone. He's being an idiot, being like, I can do it. No, but it, yeah. it just it reminded me of those yeah. Aesop fables a little bit. But but if they were, if if everybody in them was an idiot, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't say an idiot. It, fools. I feel like the two kids are a bit wise, like a little bit wiser than pink and blue. Yeah, pink and blue tend to be a little bit wiser. They're naive, but there is some wisdom in what they do. Because this was also because the uh, women were arguing about who makes the best latkes. And that's when he went, oh, I've got an idea. Like, I can make it out of a loaf of bread or out of a crust of bread. And So you think that he was playing... 10-dimensional chess. Yeah, thing in just life. to, just like, to ha -ha. get everybody together and to stop arguing, and so... Yeah, I mean, that mm -hmm. that's a possibility mm -hmm. that I won't discount. Verbally. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck, that's right. No break for me. They're back. Intermission is not a thing when you're watching it at home. And the women are wearing donut skirts. Cool, 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 cool. Cool things are cool. This is not one of them. Uh... They sure are saying die a lot on screen right now. I don't feel safe right now, okay? Because they're going, it's, die, die, it's die, 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 Blue Boy stops the die song by singing very loudly and making everyone go, holy shit, I guess it's a, it's his number now. Oh, never mind. I guess he is bellowing. Uh, I guess his bellowing, I just kick... God damn, fuck me. <laughs> Later. I guess his bellowing just kicked off part two of the die song, minus the dying. Oh God, now they're like playing junkyard instruments? I see bottles... 
a washboard, a cowbell, some odd ukulele guitar banjos, but this is somehow transitioning into a dreidel song? Mm-hmm. Ha! South Park was right. Kyle does sing the proper dreidel song. Dreidel, 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 mm-hmm. I made you out of clay, and when you're dry and ready, with dreidel I shall play. <gasps> oh, sweet. Sweet time to get crunk. Oh, never mind. They're balancing bottles on their heads. Um, are these actually Jewish things? Because, hot damn, they know how to party. Mm-hmm. B- balancing bottles on your heads and then running around dancing, singing? That, I want to say, happens at weddings. You'll see, so when we do Fiddler on the Roof and we do the version that I was in, uh... The guy who, was it model? Yeah. The guy who plays model had to learn to do the balancing on his head. And they ended up, if I remember right, putting uh, Velcro at the bottom of the bottle just because it's one of those, you know what, safety. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be dancing on stage with broken glass. But yeah, no, that is a dance that is done. You know, I've never been so drunk that I put a bottle on my head and danced around, so. I don't know that. I um, I don't know if it's just a, I don't know I don't know why it's done I don't know why most things are done. <laughs> Do you know if the bottle head balancing thing is part of the dreidel song? It is not part of the dreidel song. Okay, because they do it during the dreidel song. Well, they do that actually during Hava Nagila when they transition into that because it's sort of like a a um medley of because they start out with christmas songs with a hebrew flair and then yeah hebrew words to the christmas song yes and then um it transitions into the dreidel song and then it transitions into hava nagila and you know what all those things have in common Hmm. they were just all part of the end of the intermission song. Oh, yeah. That's all they were. Yep. I'm sitting, like, they just come right out of intermission and it's like, three songs in one because we don't have time to fuck around. And then they're like, <laughs> the intermission is over. Yay. And I was like, holy fuck, that was all just part of the we're back from intermission. Like, Jesus Christ, these people are just, like, they're just, they're just freebasing Lactas in the back, just <laughs> dusting them with cocaine. I don't know. <laughs> They have so much energy. <laughs> the fools talk about how the concession sales were very good and that they'll now be able to make a very healthy donation to those less fortunate than them. But they converse over how to keep the cash box safe from thieves until the night is over. Turns out the best option is to suspend the cash box from the ceiling <laughs> so that no one can reach it. And Colonel Mustard will just build a staircase so that they can reach it. Brilliant use of time and energy, (laughs) y'all. In case the mood was recovering too much from the Nazi part earlier, they're now singing about a man who made a dreidel for his daughter who was lame. That's rude, calling his daughter lame. Oh, 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 lame, lame like crippled. Oh, the girl used to be a dancer, a talented dancer, who would spin like a dreidel. This number is a little somber. Oh, never mind. That guy is not her father, just a kind village person who I guess makes dreidels. Oh, apparently the girl and her father were trampled by a horse, 
and Daddy died, but Tikva, I think is how I say mm -hmm. her name, was just crippled. Lucky her, right? Anyways, the dreidel maker gives a dreidel to Tikva's mother and is like, give this to your daughter, please. Turns out, Tikva is also lame at spinning dreidels. Oh no! God damn it! She dropped her dreidel down the stairs, which is supposed to be a hill. Tikva is able to rise to her feet, stumbling and struggling her way to her dreidel. It's a Hanum Hanukkah miracle! The entire town celebrates the dreidel miracle with cake! A uh, Hanukkah cake. That is a really the bad pun. The expression that you gave me was so full of... It's because I knew it was bullshit when I typed it out, and I was like, I'm going to commit to it. <laughs> if anything, just to see how Kay reacts to this. Oh, oh hey, they're going to tell us the meaning of the dreidel. So, a douche king, way back when, used to forbid the Jews from reading the Torah. So they would meet in secret to read the Torah, and they developed a game-slash-warning system in case a nosy king spy was looking for any Jews doing shifty things, like reading. The symbols inscribed on the dreidel spell out, a great miracle happened here. So it was like, this thing means great, this means miracle, this means happened. This, mm -hmm. And I can't remember the names of the different symbols, the words. But the whole idea was that if you lay them out, it means a great miracle happened here. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was cool. I did not know that. I yeah. always wondered. I just thought that they were religious tops. I never knew. I'm just uncultured swine in more than one it's, way. It's fine, because I had had that. I As they were starting the explanation, I was like, I have had this explained to me exactly once. So I think... It might have been in a Rugrat special. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. I think I grasped that story, mm -hmm. mostly, partly, definitely partly. Uh, oh, hey, they're all now dressed up in dreidel costumes, singing <laughs> singing the dance of the dreidel. What was in those fucking latkes? Latkes? <laughs> they were definitely laced with something. This, you know how we tell Weber to pick a fucking tone? These guys. Yeah. Yeah. These guys were all over the place. They were like, childlike whimsy. Worst, you know, like horrible genocide. Like, let's be silly and wear silly costumes. Death. Like, oh my God. My heart couldn't handle it because I was bouncing around going like, this is silly and kind of fun and a little bit stupid. Oh my God. Oh, okay. It's back to being a little bit silly. And what the fuck? Like. <laughs> I have emotional whiplash from this show, even though it was entertaining to watch. Uh, I think that it might be one of those shows that is best enjoyed with a little chemical additive. Mm -hmm. You know, take your pick, you know, dealer's choice, but I have a feeling that something will enhance the show experience for you. Especially with all the bright colors. Especially with all the bright colors. Hey! Pinky has a riddle for you, Kay. Yeah. And blue, by extension. Which is more important, the sun or the moon? <gasps> the moon, of course, because <laughs> it shines at night when we need it. The sun shines all day long when we have no use for it. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Hey, uh, remember that fun, super upbeat Nazi part earlier? Well, we're back yeah. to that family yeah. in a concentration camp. 
The prisoners were able to scrape together bits and pieces, wood from shoes for dreidels, potatoes for latkes, and silver spoons crusted with bits of fat to act as candles. This scene is rough. Again, yes. I'd like to say, fuck Nazis. Mm-hmm. Come on, scientists, let's work on a self-face-fucking Nazi. <laughs> that will keep them busy. <laughs> After the prisoners say their prayers over the makeshift menorah, they join hands and sing. It's it's a heavy yeah. it's a heavy scene, uh, but it keeps that... Con- like I've noticed that on all of the really heavy scenes, the underlying tone is always, there is hope, yep. we will persevere. There is hope, we will persevere. Yeah. Like... No matter like no matter what they do to us, they can't extinguish our light, kind of yes. thing. Yes. Uh, so to the show's credit, every time they kick you in the junk, mm-hmm. they at least pat you on the head and go, "It'll be okay." And even though those scenes are really painful, I feel like those oh, scenes so... are why people need to see this show. No, and that's exactly because right. sometimes you just because they're they're asshats out there who are anti-Semitic garbage piles that need to either stop being anti-Semitic garbage piles or just stop. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's, like, there's, it, it, while, while I, I, come... I get a little angry. Uh, I get a little angry. Oddly but... enough, we don't like discrimination. Um, um, yeah. Wait, Kay, you as a black woman, what would you possibly know about discrimination? I'll go back to my notes now. <laughs> I wish I had the ability to do a cricket chirp noise with my mouth. <laughs> hey, you could add that in, in post if you want. Uh, probably will. But now, it's time to talk about Judah Maccabee. Yes. The hammer. Basically, King King Antiochus IV conquered Jerusalem. And he was like, hey Jews, you worship our gods now. And the Jews were like, no. You worship our gods now? Our gods now. You worship our God. We are you. All your gods are belong to us. <laughs> and the Jews were like, no, go fuck yourself. Antiochus is like, scientists have not yet developed a way for me to do that, or I, would, or I wouldn't be bothering you. Instead, I'll burn down your temple. Later, a bunch of Jews were rounded up and told they had to pay respects to the statue of Antiochus, or die. And before a guard could kill one of them, Matthias jumped in and... Sorry, Matthias jumped in and was like, We will not worship your idol gods. Go fuck your own face. The guard was like, If I could, I wouldn't be here. Now die! (laughs) Matthias gets killed, but he's like, Jews, rally! Follow my son, Judah, the hammer, who will lead you to victory. They uh, They say that since this is a family show... You know, with Nazis and the Holocaust, but they're not going to go into details of the bloody three years of war. I did first read Number of the Stars in second grade, so... <laughs> well, was that, was that required reading, or...? Yeah, a little bit. That's, that's, that's rough. <sighs> but yeah, since, you know, it's a family-friendly show, hence the Nazis and the Holocaust parts, but they're not going to go into the bloody details of the three-year-long war. However, Judah and his army beat back Antiochus, and uh, when they go to their temple, it's all fucked up. 
because he burned it down. They decide to fix it, but they don't have enough oil to keep the menorah burning for eight days because God is good. Instead of preventing lots of death, God did them a solid and stretched that oil out magically so they could keep the candles burning. Thanks, God. You did your good deed for the millennium. Bam! Totally accurate recounting of Hanukkah. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, that's why they celebrate the oil and the rededicating of the temple for eight days. And I guess the fact that the underdog beat back a superior military force. That's a fair thing to count as a miracle. The group the group is like, Yonkel should be here. He would have loved it. Little did they know, Yonkel is actually Jubaka, who is like Mazeltov and comes on stage to thank the cast for putting on a good show and their delightful, wacky retellings of these stories. To show their gratitude to Yonkel, Jubaka, to Yonkel Jubaka, they bestow upon him the title of Chief Sage. Oi! But the sage needs golden sneakers, otherwise people won't know he's the Chief Sage. But where will they find golden sneakers at this time of day? Oh, hey, here are some golden sneakers. Uh, <laughs> but there's a problem. If the sage wears the golden sneakers, they'll get all muddy, and no one will know that he's the sage with the golden sneakers. Now, I know, he can wear shoes over the golden sneakers to keep the mud <laughs> off of them, but if he wears shoes over the sneakers, people won't know that he has the golden sneakers, and they won't know that he's the sage. But what if they cut holes in the shoes so that the gold shines through? Same problem, though. Mud will get in the holes and get all over the golden sneakers. What if they stuff the holes with straw? Same problem. The stuffed holes will hide the golden sneakers, and no one will know that he's the sage. Aha! The brilliantest of plans from the wisest of the wise folk. The chief sage will wear the golden sneakers on his head. That way they will stay clean and everyone will know he is the chief sage. Brilliant! Let's all sing in Hebrew and celebrate how smart we are. So, that was Bruce Valanche that I, plays... I have heard his name before, but I don't know anything about him other than apparently he's Jewish. So, uh, that shirt that he was wearing... The Chewbacca? The, yeah. Want to know why it's funny? Because Chewbacca rhymes with Jew? -baca? Not just that. So, Bruce Valanche has written some screenplays. No. Yes. No. Yes. He wrote that? He co-wrote it. How, how did so many, how did five people work on that turd? <laughs> and how did, how was it directed by two people? Wow. Okay, you know what, Bruce? Fuck you, Bruce. <laughs> I don't care whatever else he's done. That is a black spot on his soul. Forever and ever. So for this amazing radio that just happened, <laughs> do you want to tell... Our wonderful listeners, what I just showed you. Bruce Valanche is partially responsible for the atrocious Star Wars holiday special, which focuses around the Wookiees celebrating Life Day and has some really awkward, like, cyber sex stuff in it, as well as uh, Mark Hamill and uh, 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 Mark Hamill on cocaine and. Uh, yeah. Oh, crap. 
her name is evading me again. Carrie I hate Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Thank you. Why, <laughs> why am I having the hardest time remembering Carrie Fisher? God damn it. Yeah, so uh, apparently, yeah, awesome. Great job, Bruce Valanche. Now, I... I he was so great that watching him trying to stumble around oh us... I don't know if he... I know he's a he's a heavier gentleman. Um, and he is an actor, and he's done musical theater. Okay, so maybe he is facing the same thing you did and has destroyed knees and ankles because of his musical theater. Because he was like... He looked like he was uh, mobily impaired? Mobility challenged i don't think that they actually ran through no but i just this. mean like when him walking the way he walks he like oh, shuffles yeah, his feet he, and he, he probably he, he took baby steps really he's also 71 currently and well, this was in 2017 so well he he okay. is up there okay he's getting okay. up there yeah you know who also is in their 70s care delay Actually, he's in his 80s, but he is an outlier and should not be counted. Because even though he is in his 80s, he is like... He's been taking yeah, care of himself for been, a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burn out by my 50s and be begging for death, probably. Uh, <laughs> so after... Jubaka Valanche gets his <laughs> golden sage slipper earrings... And the cast sings in Hebrew about how smart they are for figuring out how to solve this problem. The cast does a Hanukkah song and dance number while the chief sage stands there all awkward-like. Mm -hmm. After the number, they escort his golden sageness off stage and come back for their bow number. And there was some stuff that I missed that happened in between there. Oh, 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 it was that great bit that they did where... They were saying the wrong names for... Oh, yes, how did it's, it start? Do you remember uh, when it started? What does Meshuganah mean? That's right. <laughs> then, uh, oh, Meshuganah, isn't that a ritualistic bath? No, that's a... Uh, I can't remember the one that they said that for. And then, no, that's a good deed. No, that's a mitzvah. Yeah. No. And it just snowballs <laughs> from there. And, and that's they're the all... bread you eat at Passover. No, that's matzah. Yep. <laughs> And it just snowballs from there, and then the mayor comes out, and he just says a bunch of stuff in Yiddish. But he basically does the equivalent of potato, potato, mm -hmm. but in Yiddish. And he's like, let's call the whole thing off. And yep. that's when they're like, hey, thanks for being here. Let's do our bows, and mm -hmm. the show's over. And uh, I will say, this show had probably the best post credit scene yes. of any show we have watched. Yes. Because it had them on the streets, like, in their costumes, talking to random people and asking them to pronounce Hebrew words. Mm -hmm. You know, because I did not know this. I did not know that Hanukkah was spelled with a C-H until we saw this show. Mm -hmm. I have always seen Hanukkah spelled with no C-H. Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, wow, that's a gross mi misrepresentation of mm -hmm. the word. Like... But whatever. Yeah, because the C-H is what makes the <sighs> sound. And so it should be Hanukkah instead of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah, but... Yeah. Hoi vey, okay? Well, there's no C-H in hoi vey, but... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, lady. <laughs> you're lucky you're so cute. <laughs> but this, uh, I, I have... I have... Uh, I have emotions over the show. Yeah. Because it was entertaining. 
Uh, I like I I I hesitate to say that I wouldn't mind watching it again without having to take notes, because it was colorful and silly and wacky and entertaining. But then those fucking Holocaust parts, mm-hmm. just. Uh, We'll probably end up watching it with Mama Kay at some point, because I know that she wanted to see this one, too, but oh, couldn't nice. see it with us this week, so. Nice. Oh, God. But, yeah, like, just, just tonal whiplash, like, a, a very, like, oh God, excluding those parts, very lighthearted. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you take the Nazis out of it, it's really a lighthearted show, but even the parts that are heavy are done really, really, really well mm-hmm. um, and are very uh, meaningful Yeah, in the way that they're done. Uh, good show. The cast had a lot of positive energy. They were just having a lot of fun with it. Um, but like I joked earlier, there's parts where they're singing songs that are just entirely in Hebrew, mm-hmm. and it's like, good fucking luck. Like, I would have loved if the subtitles actually had, like, here's the translation for you Anglos. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I, this show was wild and I loved it. It was Uh, entertaining. And I'm going to be having the songs stuck in my head. And I've now finally got lyrics to put with Nutcracker Suite to make it better. Honestly, that's the thing too, is I'm, like I've said before, the Nutcracker in my youth was done so to death that I hate it. Yeah. This was entertaining and I liked how they, they satired a lot of christmas stuff and they would put uh jewish uh, lyrics and themes to christmas Mm -hmm. songs you know kind of thing and it just made me laugh because yeah for real like christmas just overrides every other Uh holiday it's it's time for christmas to stop i'll just you know i've i've ranted and raved about the over commercialization of Mm -hmm. christmas for decades because one i'm poor so i can't afford to be super materialistic yeah but Anyway, uh, show was good. Mm-hmm. Show was good. Uh, lighthearted and heavy at the same time. Yeah. But it was good. If you have Amazon Prime and you want to watch a experience, yes, you should it check is an out experience. Mashuga Nutcracker. Yes, Mashuga Nutcracker. And I was finally able to find it on Spotify. I was spelling it wrong. For Spotify. What? You mean you, you didn't know how to spell these Yiddish words? Off uh, the top of well, I, I can't... Uh, then again, whenever I search for something on Spotify at work, it's got to be like, okay, I have 60 seconds to be able to find it, and if I can't find it, <laughs> then I'm moving on to... <laughs> oh, it was tricky to find our podcast on yeah, Spotify. Because, yeah, so it's like... Because you have the uh, colon after mm-hmm. tone deaf. Except now it's easier. Like, even though it still has the colon, enough people have listened that it's easier to find it. That's true. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. So thank you, wonderful listener. Thank you. And a happy Hanukkah to you. In... Oh, yeah, it's not yet. Couple of days. Uh, uh, By the the time... 22nd. Okay, so not by the time you listen to this. Not by the time you listen to this. The week after you listen to this. Yes, during uh, the week with our next show. Oh, our last show of the year. Our last show of the year. Our last show of the year. I, this, that blows me away, Kay. We've mm-hmm. been doing this for almost a year. Yep. Almost a year. A show and... every week. Sometimes multiple shows every week. Yes. Because we 
Kayan Warren of Tone Deaf, care about you, good listeners, and we hope to entertain you relentlessly. And boy, next week will be entertaining. Next week will be a bit of a different show because uh, I cannot take my laptop into the theater to take notes. Nope. So it will be a, a d- different. Yes. I don't know if it's going to be formatted the same way. I'm going to see how much I can pull up about the show that we're talking about with regards to the specific... Uh, adaptation of it with the air quotes yes you know it, it was it is it fair to call it an adaptation or would it be better to call it a bastardization it's something i'm leaning towards bastardization just based off of the two trailers we've seen oh god i mean but that uh, who knows who knows we are setting ourselves up for such high disappointment maybe it will surprise us maybe um but my sister is looking forward to watching me cringe because she's going to come with us. She's, <laughs> I don't think she's going to do the episode with us, but she is going to come with us to see oh, it. Maybe we could talk her into it. We could see. We'll see. We might, it has yet to be said, but maybe we'll have a special guest appearance well, on. We'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah. Next week, we're uh, covering the new... Not so improved. <laughs> Monstrous abomination that is the Cats movie. God help us all. Uh, God has abandoned us? I mean, it's just my my personal thought, you know, regarding this specifically. I don't know. I don't know. This exists because money. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. They got, uh, they got you know... Silver lining, Kay. We gotta be positive. We gotta find the inner light so that we can share that light because that light will help drive away the darkness. And the light that I can think of with this next show is that the music is gonna be great. Yes. Yes. The music will be great. The music will be great. The music will be great. Yeah. And and that might be the only thing. And James Corden hisses at one point, so that's fun. Sure. He goes... At one point. Yeah, sure. I like James Corden, but at the same time, I'm like, you fucking bastard. Anyway, uh, we'll see. Yep. We'll see. Wish us luck, listeners. Oh. We're going to be diving in. Thoughts and prayers, listeners. Thoughts Thoughts and and prayers. prayers. So, thank you all for listening. Uh, We hope that we covered Hanukkah well enough um because again this isn't something that we ever celebrated but wanted to try and you know cover it correctly as much as we can um i was actually looking to see if there were kwanzaa musicals and there is one but it doesn't like all i can find is that there was one that was performed once and i'm all great is it kind of like is it kind of like Futurama with the what the hell is Kwanzaa pamphlets? No, it actually like goes into it, like into the spirit behind it. And so I was sitting here going, I wonder if I could sneak that in, in between like the cats and the end of the year. And I'm like, nope, I can't find it. So nope. <laughs> oh, damn. I was going to say, if you could find it, dope, let's yeah, do it. But no, I, no, I, I looked and I couldn't find it. So 
listeners, if you're able to find the Kwanzaa musical, then uh, send it our way. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, because uh, who knows? Maybe it'll maybe it'll become uh, available next holiday season. Maybe next holiday season we'll do the Kwanzaa musical. If not, we'll. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll play it by ear. We'll play it by ear next year. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this wild and wacky episode of yeah. Tone Deaf. And if you wanna, if you wanna get a hold of us and say hi, you can uh, head on over to our our central hub, our website, tonedeafmusical.com. It has links to our uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. as well as the Cast Junkie Discord server, which Kay and I spend a decent amount of time in. Yep. We have our own channel in, so you can come in and say hi, and there's lots of awesome, awesome, awesome podcasts on there, uh, audio dramas, lots of other discussionary podcasts like what we have, but they're all independent podcasts, and yes. they are freaking great. Like, they really are. Holy crap, and we've met so many just awesome, awesome people. It's a great community. Mm-hmm. I don't normally do social media because the world is a cesspool but everybody yeah. on this place like like dicks are not allowed like they they do mm-hmm. everybody is super cool like everybody is super cool yeah and so if you want a cool community and come join hang out it's it's awesome yeah. uh and we just want to thank you guys so much for coming back week after week and if you want to help us out please uh you know, give us a review on Podchaser, Apple, uh, I, Apple Podcasts, if you can. Um, uh, Castbox has the feature, I think, to do reviews too. Um, share us with your friends and family, any other people who enjoy musical theater or just enjoy listening to an idiot badly recount musicals. <laughs> um, and yeah, if if you want to go above and beyond, we do have our Patreon. Um, I'm trying to get episodes put up. A little early for patrons, as well as we still have one more entry in the Oil of Olay musicals that we need to do. We do? Um, I thought we did them all. No. There's still one more entry. Ooh. Yeah. So Interesting. Those have we'll, been pretty good. Uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, listeners, there's some good stuff on our, our patrons only. Uh, mm-hmm. Painter Wagon was particularly fun. Yep. As well as the Capitalism Gone Wild stuff is is entertaining. We yes, have... and maybe if Progressive will will throw us a bone and do Progressive on Ice, we'll cover that. I would love to. Please God. <laughs> I would love to. We should tweet this episode at them and be like, Hey, Progressive. Progressive. We talk about you. We give you free plug. Now make a goddamn musical. Yes. Give <laughs> us. Give Grabby hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kay All right. and I are turning into pumpkins on this yes, side of the mic. Yes, we are. So that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. This has been Tone, Tone Deaf. Deaf.